What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, where we believe the best idea wins, and we are here to help you generate lots of good ideas. And to achieve that, we bring on people who are much smarter than myself because well, I'm not really that smart. I'm just good at talking. Uh, so we bring on people who are really, really smart, and we ask them difficult questions. Just kidding. They're not difficult. They're usually pretty easy. I'm just kidding with you, Stephen. These are going to be easy questions, I promise. <laughs> and yeah, we kind of see what they've got, their perspective, their ideas to share with you so that you can grow um, your home service business into a profitable operation uh, so that you can have more time to spend not working in the business, but working on the business. And uh, so you can achieve that that freedom that we all want when we get into business, right? So Today's guest, we've got Stephen Dale from the Power Selling Pros. Super, super excited to chat with you. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, absolutely happy to be a part of this, Eric. Uh, I, I will say this, out of all the wonderful podcasts that are out there, I really enjoy the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. You've got some great guests on there. Of course, one of my favorite was Josh Kelly uh, getting uh, getting the goals for 2022. But uh, looking at the guest lineup, this is a really great podcast. And uh, to me, you know, if a technician has some drive time in between calls or you've got, you know, 20 minutes here, 30 minutes here, man, I jump on this podcast because the guests that you have on here, they really are. There's some smart people that have made some dumb mistakes. So that's okay. <laughs> right. Learn yeah. from some of the best people that have done this before. So absolutely. I'm happy to be a part of this uh, today, Eric. Yeah. Thank you so much for those kind words. And I agree. We've had some, uh, <laughs> some pretty awesome people on here. Uh, I'm not sure how, I managed to land all those good guests, but we'll just go ahead and take the credit. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit, tell our, our listeners you know, some more about yourself, and then we'll kind of dive right into do, uh, today's topic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Uh, so again, Stephen Dale, I'm the uh, director of training over Power Selling Pro. So I've been there for the last seven years. Uh, and we're all about serving the service minded, you know, wowing the moment, you know, creating that awesome customer experience, the employee experience, you know, from CSRs, which are the voice of the company to technicians, which, you know, they're the face of the company. And then, of course, you know, all the managers and the, the leadership team as well, and really aligning that team uh, for the success uh, of serving that customer, uh, not only internally, but externally as well. So interesting enough, I'm actually from the industry. So prior to power selling pros for 15 years, I was out in the uh, heating and air and plumbing world, uh, in the field, as well as in the office, uh, all sorts of different roles. So I love this industry. I'm obsessed with it. I think it is the greatest <laughs> industry in the world, uh, because we are absolutely essential. Um, and again, I'm going to give one more shout out again to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast because, again, I go back to where do I turn to learn, you know, to grow? I turn to the experts. You know, if I want to learn how to negotiate with people, I'm going to read Chris's boss, you know, never split the difference. I'm going to watch his videos. I'm going to check out some TED Talks. So I always turn to the experts. And that's one of my favorite things that you offer here, Eric, is – you, you set it up front. Hey, look, I'm not the smartest guy. I'm not the expert, but you have some great people that are experts. And so I, again, encourage um, not only the leaders of the company, but, you know, 
patch this uh, link out to other technicians and to field workers, to inside sales, and, and get them really uh, diving down into uh, educating themselves and becoming better at what they do. So that's my story. I'm grateful to be a power to power selling pros. Uh, so we coach CSRs, technicians, as well as leadership uh, skills. Uh, so we're not just trainers, but we do ongoing coaching, which is my favorite part because I really believe that's where the real accountability happens. So. Yeah, absolutely. The real accountability happens. <laughs> you see what well, I did there? <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. So, okay. So we've all gone to some great trainings. I remember going to a three-day Anthony Robbins training where I walked on fire and I was like, man, life is amazing. And what's interesting, and it was, the training was hands down some of the best training I've ever seen. And then all of a sudden I get back to work on Monday. I've got all these fires to put out, lots of emails, crazy stuff. And suddenly that workbook and all those dreams I had created over those three months ended up on a shelf. Um, so I, sure, I took away about 10, maybe five, you know, five, 10% of it. But the truth of the matter is it was probably a smaller percentage. What I have discovered is ongoing coaching, ongoing, consistent uh, practicing, role-playing, listening to your calls. Coaching is where accountability really takes place. And, and that's how you see real change. It's you, you don't go to the gym for one day and work out for nine hours and expect to see a change. I mean, the change you're going to see is a really sore body. Mm -hmm. But it's it's the power of consistency. It's constantly, it's every day going to the gym. It's committing to that. Um, and of course, if you commit with a friend and you're like, okay, Eric, we're going to show up at 6 a.m. every you know five days a week. Well, now there's a better chance I'm going to show up because you're depending on me. So I really believe in mentorship. I believe in partnering and I believe in accountability, having an accountability partner. Um, I was recently up at the uh, training for a great company called Ragsdale out of uh, Atlanta, Georgia area. And we, uh, we were working with the technicians. <laughs> and uh, at one point, I, I said, I bet in this group of 20 sales guys, I said, I bet I can choose out of this group who's your top sales guy. And they're like, oh, this is interesting. And sure enough, I picked this guy, Michael, and I had him stand up. And I said, why do you think he's your top sales guy? And someone was like, well, he smiles all the time. I said, well, that probably helps. <laughs> I said, but look at him. He's got a tucked in shirt, clean pants. He's clean hat. He looks like a professional. And a guy in the back goes, so you're telling me all I got to do is tuck my shirt in for, for, for more yeses. And I said, well, that's a start. So I asked this, uh, he, he sells over 4 million a year. He's really a great uh, comfort consultant. I said, what is your secret? What's the secret really? And you know what he told me, Eric? He said, I practice. He said, I practice every day. And I don't just practice in the mirror, but I practice with my other coworkers. I even practice with my kids. He said, look, if you've never had to practice a sales pitch with a teenager, he said, they will rip you apart. <laughs> mm -hmm. So he practices with everyone. He said, that is my secret. That's it. I am constantly practicing and re revitalizing my craft, always learning. Yeah. So yes, I believe in accountability. <laughs> For those of you listening right now, uh, Stephen had mentioned never split the difference, the Chris Voss method. And 
what I just did there was uh, out of the probably the first few chapters of the books called uh, mirroring. Mirroring. So I took kind of like the last sentence of what you said, and I repeated it back in the form of a question, and it got you to open up and more elaborate a little more. So I I'm with you. Uh, I love I love that book. I'm actually reading it right now, and I had attended the um, the Black Swan Group uh, uh, workshop a few weeks back. And that was wow. one of the things he was like, they were like, yeah, you, you got to practice this stuff. Cause like, it's uncomfortable to do some of these techniques. And they're like, practice it on your spouse, practice it on your family. And uh, I think my wife is about sick of me labeling and mirroring and doing all this stuff. <laughs> you That late night DJ voice. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. So it sounds like you want me to help you clean up the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> It, it seems uh, that you need a hand. It, it with seems, the yeah. <laughs> you know, the thing is, it's what Chris Voss is really teaching. It's not really how to manipulate, but it is really understanding another person's needs and wants and being able to, what he talks that FBI negotiating, you know, g- giving them what they want. And at the same time, you're getting what you want. Uh, so it, it, to me, it could come across like it's manipulative, but I really believe there is good intention behind it. That's, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't get to go to the black swan thing, which would have been amazing, but um, you know, and, and that's a great book by Chris Voss. And, and again, not only are podcasts vital to your education and self-educating, but you know, audible books, uh, you should always be reading. You should be, you know, listening to watching Ted talks, whatever the case is, you should constantly be pouring you know, greater education, knowledge into your brain, but just don't forget wisdom is when you put it into practice. Knowledge is great. Okay. We all have great knowledge <laughs> mm-hmm. um, cause you can go to the internet and get great knowledge, but wisdom is when you start to practice that and you start putting it in place. So when you heard Eric uh, kind of do the marrying question, he was putting it in practice and it worked. So <laughs> So, so earlier you had mentioned about a technician named Michael or a, a comfort consultant who was, you know, doing really well. And, and typically what we see is, you know, kind of the journey of someone's career in the mm-hmm. trades. They start off, maybe they're um, an apprentice running maintenance. They get promoted to service technician, or maybe they go the installation route um, or they, you know, become a comfort consultant going to sales um, and you can kind of begin, as you set up your org chart, you can begin to kind of path out career options for people. Uh, but at some point, you have to be able to identify the right people to put into a managerial spot. And that's something that I know that you're you're pretty passionate about, right? When it comes to like service managers and install managers. Yeah, it's I really feel like your greatest asset at your company is your people. I mean, like I said, the CSR is the voice. The technician is the face. I mean, the install team who spends some of the most amount of time at a house. I mean, don't you think you should intentionally design what you want that outcome to look like? Not just the fact that you installed it. (laughs) Okay, so a couple of things come to my mind is one of them is being intentional. Um, what do you hope to achieve? Like when you hang up the phone with the customer, what do you want that customer to feel when the technician leaves that house? What is the feeling you want that customer to have? Same thing with your install team. Why? Because I believe your customer is very emotional. Okay. Especially when a heated and air system breaks and they never even plan for this. <laughs> okay. 
So they're not even excited. And, and then there's the fear of finances and what's it going to cost and all of these, you know, uh, true fears that they have. So intentional is designing on purpose, right? Beginning with the end in mind. And so I bring up the install department because I always feel like they get left out. They're like, hey, just go out there, show up, rip out the old equipment, install the new one and and smile. <laughs> um, but truly, they spend the most amount of time at a house, which means I should probably design from start to finish what I want that to look like. How do I want that customer to feel? But I'm going to go back to my greatest asset, which is your people. And I really believe in the way I, I, I do it, Eric, is I use this three um, uh, kind of the circle thing. And it starts with evaluate, align, and develop. Okay, so that's really the circle is, is evaluate, align, and develop. So I'm going to start by evaluating. You know, I want to know what is my current talent pool? Like, who do I have on the bus? What is their current talent? You know, what, like if you took some core technical skills and, and maybe I did an evaluation on a specific technician and, you know, where did they need improvement? You know, where are they, um, you know, meeting the expectations? Maybe where are they exceeding the expectations? So I think it's important to know your talent, where where they are right now. Get a um, a line, a foundation to understand. You know, I'm not going to send a guy that can't work on heat pumps out to a heat pump call. I mean, that, that's just a bad decision. Um, yeah. But maybe I assess and say, hey, you know what? I've evaluated. Now I can align, which is great. You know, there's some areas on heat pumps or air distribution that we need to work on. So let me help align you. And help develop you. So let me not only get you into some classes. Let me have you do some ride-alongs. Um, let's get you focused on those areas that need improvement. One thing that I've discovered in the years of training over a course of time is the one pain point I hear from so many technicians is they just tell me, I don't feel like I have a future. Now, they have a future in our industry, but what they're saying is, I don't feel like I have a pathway of a future at my company. So they just kind of do the same routine every year. And all of a sudden, 10 years pass 15. And they're like, my knees hurt. My back hurts. Where's all my money? Mm -hmm. And so we didn't set them up for success. So along with the evaluate and the align, the align is all about getting the right person in the right seat on the bus. Uh, dispatching for profit, making sure I'm sending the right technician for the right job. Uh, but to me, one of the most important is the development. That's where I'm going to coach and I'm going to guide them. And so one question that I will ask every technician is during this whole process of evaluate, align, and development is I will, on a personal level, I say, Eric, what does success look like to you? And what I find is sometimes they never even thought about that. And mm -hmm. so if I can get them looking at what does success look like, if they can look beyond the summer and what does it look like for years to come, five years, 10 years, not only from a financial standpoint, from a physical standpoint, but also from, you know, where do they want to be? And then what are their true hopes and dreams? Because everyone is at a different spot. Um, and, mm -hmm. and so that's probably one of the first questions I ask is what does success look like to you? Yeah. 
And so what, what, uh, what do you find a lot of those responses are when you ask them what success looks like for you? Like <laughs> the kind of the average response. Uh, I would say the first one is, I don't know, <laughs> or, or they'll say, well, I, I want to make more money. And so I'll pull out a dollar bill and I'll say, here you go. You just succeeded. Now get out there and sell that candy. And they're like, well, no, 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 no. I mean, more money. I said, well, you weren't real specific, right? Yeah. So now that gives me an opportunity to talk about some smart goals, right? Kim Blanchard, everyone knows what smart goals are. Um, but now it gives me an opportunity to look at that. So I don't just call, I don't just do a one-on-one with American. And I, the first thing I say is, hey, what does success look like? I set it up and I say, look, I want to build into your life. I want to help you and your success in your life here. So I want you to start thinking over the next week or two till we meet again. What are some of your hopes? What are your dreams? What do you would love to achieve? And what does that look like? Because in about a week or two when we meet, that's what I'm going to ask. What does success look like? Now, once I discover what success looks like, I can now put a plan in place to help them achieve that, which now means I can hold them accountable and we can come up with some KPIs. So here's the uh, scenario. So I was in North Carolina at a great company and we were doing this exercise. They had like 40 technicians. I was there for five days. And so I was prepping them every day that come Friday, we were going to hit that question. All right. So it came Friday and it was, what does success look like? We spent some time and there's this really young guy and I asked him and I said, okay, Jeremy, what does success look like to you? And he said, a jet ski. And I said, Oh, do tell. <laughs> he goes, have you ever seen a sad person on a jet ski? I said, no, Jared, I have not. He goes, Oh, that would be awesome. I'd be out there on the weekends on the lake. I got my jet ski. And I'm like, man, this would be amazing. Jared. I said, just out of curiosity, how much does that cost? And all of a sudden you could see his demeanor and his body language just kind of slumped over. And he's like, oh, I don't know about 10,000. I said, well, you're a great technician. I bet you got 10,000 in the bank. <laughs> said no technician. And he said, no. I said, Jared, if I could help you achieve this goal within a year's time, if I could help you and set you up for that, would, would, you, go, would you go in with me? He's like, what do you mean? I said, well, let's take a look at some products that your homeowner wants that we offer and you get spiffs on right? You get a little bit of a spiff and it was, it ended up being an IAQ product that they sell. I said, you love this product. It was absolutely, I believe in it. It's awesome. So we did the math. We came out, he runs about 20 calls a week. Um, he gets paid X amount of dollars per IAQ product. He sells it installs. We did the math in about one point. He could sell 1.7 per week in a year's time. He could have that. I said, is that doable? He says, man, that would be awesome. Perfect. So sure enough, we put in a KPI chart. Uh, we set him up with the product on, on, on his vehicle. And again, he set the goal. All right. So now each week when I'm looking at his numbers, I can go, hey, Jared, you ran 22 calls, zero IAQ. How can I help you? I want you to get to that jet ski. The funny story about it is their service manager, Chris, as soon as he heard he wanted a jet ski, the next week, he went down to a jet ski uh, store and got brochures and laid them in his van. Then the whole leadership team started 
texting him once a week like a video of someone on a jet ski. All right. Everyone was into this, right? The funny thing is Chris called me about four months later and he goes, guess what? I said, what? He goes, Jarrett's buying his first jet ski in four months. Nice. I said, so what's his next goal? He goes, a second jet ski. <laughs> so, so the thing is, everybody had a different goal. He was a young single guy. That was important to him. Other people were like, I'd like to have a college fund for my kids. Um, I'd like to be able to buy a house. Um, I, I'd love to have this. Some of it was things. Some of it was savings. But now that I knew what they wanted, now it was much easier for me to hold them accountable, put a plan in place, and then coach and guide them. So for Jarrett, he loved the product. Now he knew of the goal. Um, and, and so to me, it's what does success look like? That is true development. Um, now, a couple of years from now, his goal may change. Maybe he's done with the jet skis and now he realizes I should put money aside and start saving. So to me, it's knowing your talent. It's evaluating where are they at. It's aligning them to set them up for success at the best point where they're at now. And then spending some time one-on-one -on -one to develop their goal as well as how it you know helps your company and, and its success as well. Was that a long story or what? That was a good story. I liked that. <laughs> I can almost align with that because I, I I don't know about you, but jet skis are fun. So I can I can certainly <clears throat> align with that story a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I would probably shoot for more of like a, a boat. Uh, but that, um, well, there was one guy that did want a bass boat, okay. and, and that was going to be much more than a jet mm -hmm. ski, which means it's going to take a little bit longer. But see, now they have this vision. And so once they get this vision and, and they realize I could achieve this within a two-year period, I just need to be disciplined on this and consistent. Um, the thing is, this guy, Jarrett, will never leave that company. Why? Because someone is helping him achieve his goals and his dreams. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing. It does create loyalty. Um, so next time someone says, hey, I'm going to offer you an extra dollar, two hours, an, you know, an hour – at some company, they're like, nah, I'm good. I'm good, man. Yeah. Um, so I, I know, I know we have a lot of, a lot of owners that listen to this podcast and I would say probably a fair share of, of managers uh, listen to it. And then there's the occasional technician or two that listens to this. So if you're a technician, cover your ears real quick. Uh, <laughs> so one of the challenges, a lot of managers, business owners face is motivating their people to achieve our goal. So like, so say owner wants to do X, Y, and Z revenue at X percentage, um, you know, EBITDA, whatever. Um, you got to get your people motivated to help achieve your own goals. So which comes first in this process, helping them identify their goal and how it plays into your goal? Uh, or do you kind of set your goals up first and then go, guys enable your your team to kind of meet those so you know early on i used to say oh you got to help others first in order to get what you want to achieve i think that's zig ziglar mm -hmm. um but what i discovered is you if you don't know where you want to go what is your purpose what is your goal what is your due north it's really hard to align your other team 
So I do believe as an owner, you should know what your purpose is. What is your goals? Just know that you cannot achieve those without helping someone else first. So yeah, you need to know them, but no technician is going to wake up and be like, yes, I can't wait to go to work on Monday because I want to get you $10 million this year, right? Because that doesn't answer what's in it for me. And it, it's not a selfish thing, but if you're like, we need 20% EBITDA, they're like, what is EBITDA? Yeah. Is, is that a spicy sauce? What How many is jet skis that? can I get with that? <laughs> How many jet skis? <laughs> so there must be a purpose and it has to be aligned, but you have to understand what you want. What are you trying to achieve? And then it's really developing people to help you achieve that but you first must serve them i really believe that eric if you will serve them it's kind of like so many people work on creating the wow customer experience they're like we got to give the best customer experience and i'm like that's a great goal but unless you're taking care of your employees you can't expect them to deliver a wow customer experience and treat them like poop (laughs) okay Mm -hmm. Just not going to work, man. It's inconsistent. So Richard Branson says, hey, take care of your employees and they in turn will take care of your customers. So it's the same concept. If if you have a purpose, you have a belief, you have a goals for business, um, you must now go to your people and then take care of them. And you'll be able to align that, but it can't be coming from a selfish standpoint of my gain. It has to be, we're in this to win it together, which means I do need to reward the behavior I want. So a part of my motivating is, is sharing the wealth. Uh, take care of your people, man. Recognize yeah. that behavior when they are winning, recognize that. Um, I, I was with another company and we were talking about um, go backs, you know, warranty calls. And, you know, what does that cost their company when they have to have a go back? And I said, what if we could reduce the go-backs by 10%? I said, would you reward your team and like take them all out for lunch or something? The guy's like, man, that would cost way too much money. We couldn't do it. I said, well, let's do the math on what you're paying right now for a go-back. We came up with a figure like almost $1,000, right? From Mm -hmm. lost revenue to upset customer to covering a part to truck wear and tear and pay, all of that. I said, so if we cut it by 10%, you're looking at thousands of dollars and you're telling me you can't invest 200 bucks at lunch to reward that. And he's like, oh, uh, I never looked at it like that, right? (laughs) So I I think there's there's, um, rewarding that behavior that you want, um, which is what's in it for me and taking care of those people by all means. So, yeah. Yeah. And so when we talk about like leadership roles, what are some ways that you encourage your contractors to like motivate and train people for leadership roles? Because a lot of people, once they get into a leadership role, it's like, congrats, you're the service manager now. And they've never led people. They've always just been a great technician or a great CSR. Um, And now it's like, congrats, your KPIs are now dependent on these eight people and good luck. Yeah, and that, and and that's really a uh, a setup for failure. Um, just because they were a great technician, 
doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be great at communicating or leading a team. Um, and they'll, they'll have some frustration. They'll be really frustrated. So you do have to set them up for, for success. So whether it's uh, leadership training, whether it's leadership coaching, whether it's working with them on a regular basis. Um, I mean, if you're an entrepreneur, you're an owner of a company, you've seen the ins and outs. So, you know, maybe they start with Ron Smith's HVAC spells wealth, you know, and not only just, Hey, take a look at this book, but read this, read chapter one this week, and let's talk about this together. So you can't just assume just because they were a great technician, they're going to understand how necessarily a PL works or what is a budget or even what KPIs necessarily are, right? I mean, Peter Drucker said, what gets measured gets managed. So understanding numbers is a really big deal to me. Mm -hmm. it, it, so not only do they need to understand leadership style, but they also need to communication, you know, whether you're doing a SWOT analysis or you give them a disc profile, but helping them understand numbers. And, and to me, the easiest one is Ron Smith's HVAC spells wealth as that's how I figured it out. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. uh, but understanding how numbers work and then working with them, spending time with them every week, what are their challenges? What's working? What's not? And then challenge them to help other people. Because what you don't, as a leader, you don't want to create followers. Okay. You want to create other leaders. So if you could teach them to empower other young men and women to step up. So, like if I came up with a three month training calendar, right? Then I'm going to pick some of my key players to train that meeting. I'm going to be like, hey, Eric, you're great at surge protectors. Could you do like a 10 minute presentation on what's the value of a surge protector and how do you present it, how easy it is to install and why they should get it. And I get you involved. And so instead of me just standing up there for every service manager meeting, I want other people involved. So I challenge them to really get everybody along that we're creating additional leaders, not followers. So for me, I spend time with them. Uh, I help them. With, with leadership training, but most important, I really dive into accounting. Um, and it's okay as an, as, as an owner, if you're like, man, I really lack in that. I just do it on QuickBooks or I give it to my CPA. Well, maybe that's a time to step back for yourself and say, Hey, maybe I need some help to understand a P and L, um, you know, uh, BDR is a great organization for financial coaching. Um, uh, uh, contractor sense with uh, Ruth, help me out. <laughs> not sure there. Okay, not sure there. <laughs> but but there's some great help out there uh, mm -hmm. to understand your numbers, to know what is your break even, what is your profit, uh, where do you need to be, what should you charge, right? Get that right. So, long answer. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's that, that's good stuff. I mean, I I really think that you you kind of hit the nail on the head there about just because they're they do a great job repairing AC equipment doesn't mean they're going to be a, you know necessarily ready to go to lead people and be more of uh, numbers oriented and production oriented. Well, and also Eric, you you need to allow them to fail. 
because they need to allow their other technicians to fail. So as opposed to a service manager, every time a call comes in, you say, okay, I'm on my way. Well, you can only do that so much, right? Because that's not scalable. Mm -hmm. So at some point, you need to be able to either use technology and FaceTime and tech in the field and say, okay, great. What are you looking at? Have you checked this? Have you checked this? What are your pressures? Great. Check this and this and check back with me as soon as you got that, right? Allow some of the technicians to struggle and fail along with your development, right? But it's okay to let a service manager fail. Let them know that, man. I, I know you're going to fail. That's okay. Just make sure you learn from it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, ab absolutely. Now, have you, have you found that um, it's easier to find good service managers and even CSR managers from the outside or promoting from within? Oh, um, I'm always a fan of promoting from within. And the reason I believe that, and again, people that are listening, this is my opinion. All right. Um, I have always felt that when you bring an outsider uh, to your organization, you say, okay, here's our new leader. Here's our new manager. There, it could be done correctly, perhaps, but sometimes there's a lot of animosity. There's a lot of resistance because you know, we're blue collar workers. We're people that work with our hands. We create things. We're mechanics. You know, why is this outside person coming in? Now I have seen where they've hired a service manager that was a service manager before. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you know, they may sit back at the beginning, like, you know, prove yourself to me, but they'll open up if possible. I like to promote from within. If I, set people up for success and leadership, but no one wants to step up to the plate, then I will have to look to the outside. That's just part of it. But I feel if I can give the best opportunity for the people that have invested with me already and give them an opportunity for growth, then that's where I start. Um, and so it's, it's a, uh, it's a Tetris game of trying to see who will fit in there, give them opportunities to fail, opportunities to lead and if someone steps up that's great if not then i will definitely look from the outside how, how critical is it to to communicate that to your team so say no one steps up like no one's like oh don't want to do that that's not me i just want to you know i want to keep running maintenance calls i want to keep answering phones that's not me how important is it to to communicate that hey we're hiring this person from the outside and here's why yeah i if you've done the due diligence internally, then I think that's where you have a really candid conversation, which is I want to help you all in your success. You know, however, we do need a team lead, someone that can not only help you mechanically, but also help in your sales, help in your success and really help grow our team. Um, and, and so we're looking to the outside to bring someone in. What are your thoughts about that? And I'd get their feedback. And maybe someone says, well, I'd like to do it. Okay. All right. There we go. So once I, I think, you know, call the bluff and tell them what we're looking to achieve, why, um, maybe someone would step up at that point. If not, then I think you've given them a fair shot. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, and, and after you've given them a fair shot, I think it's important to ask them, you know, what are some qualities that you would like for mm. us to find? 
in this person? Because this person's going to be your manager. That you're going to report to this person. Um, what are some qualities that you would like for us to find on your behalf that would you know make your job more efficient or easier or more enjoyable? Yeah, uh, because really that is their team lead. So that, that's a great part, which is you know what what should we be looking for in this person? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Stephen, this has been this has been great. I could probably like I always say I could I could go on for hours and hours, but I know <laughs> most people don't most listeners don't stick around for longer than about 30 minutes. So uh, as we kind of wrap up here, you know, what, what's like one good piece of advice. I mean, you've given a ton of great advice, but kind of in closing, if you could just like, if if you could give one piece of advice for someone who's about to start their own business, what would it be? Uh, I I would say you can't go wrong in investing in your team. Um, a lot of people I hear, you've heard the phrase, well, what if I train them and they leave? Well, the opposite is what if you don't train them and they stay? So your greatest asset is your people. And I really am a firm believer in consistently working with your team, discovering what are their needs, their wants, and then giving them a pathway to success. Uh, when you build into other people, they will in turn build into you and that will create that loyalty uh, and that's what I'm looking to achieve. Um, so that's my belief. Awesome. Well, Stephen, what's a, what's a way that our listeners could reach out to you or connect with you to learn more? Ah, thanks so much, Eric. Yeah. Uh, you could just go to powersellingpros.com. That's our best way. Go to powersellingpros.com. You can check out uh, any of our videos, free content. Uh, we will set you up for any success you need. For any reason you can't do it or you don't want to do it or you don't have time, that's okay. We have coaches that work for us that can help coach your team, train your team, and work with you. But I will give you everything you need for success. For any reason it's too much or you don't have time, we're happy to help you out. Uh, It's a great price point. It's pretty easy. Uh, But it's PowerSellingPros.com. We are here to serve the service-minded. Awesome. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. And uh, I hope to possibly catch up with you soon uh, with trade show season coming up. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be around. So all those trade shows, I'll be there. Awesome. So, well, let's connect, hope, Eric. Absolutely. All right. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much. Take care. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. If you're an HVAC contractor in need of digital marketing services, Contact us today at www.rivaldigital.com.